Hello, everyone. All right, so it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, I'm going to talk about my work, of course, but, I, but rather than just talk about my work, I want to talk about some larger themes that guide my work with the hope that those themes may in some way possibly inspire or spark some thought in whatever it is that you do in your domain. So this is about my work in hip hop, but it's also not about my work in hip hop. You'll figure it out. Um, so it's been said that some of the most amazing athletes and uh, brilliant artists of our time spend an inordinate amount of time at their task or their craft, and that's part of the reason that makes them as great as they are. Um, so we think about like Serena Williams, for example. Um, despite the recent loss, she's identified as amazing because she's great, but also we can actually like go online in 2015 and Google video and see her as a four-year-old or five-year-old in a court in Compton playing tennis with her older sister. And so because of that, that inevitably has some effect on how great she's become over the lifespan. Um, and, and I'm always inspired by that, to think about people who've been doing this their whole lives and then now they're amazing and great at it. But it's also a little um, intimidating, right? And all of us who are here are in many ways innovators or looking to think about innovation in very different ways. And even when we think about tech, for example, there's this, this idea, this notion of the startup. Like, so I'm, I'm just starting this thing now. And if I'm just starting this thing now, it means then that it's like a whole new thing. And so folks who've been doing work their whole entire lives are so far ahead of the game than I am in this one domain because I'm just starting. Um, and so I compare myself, or I compare my work, or I think about my work, and I think we should all think about our work in the context of um, what is it that we've been doing our whole entire lives that we're good at? Like, what's our like, inner Serena tennis practice thing? Um, because we've all lived life, we're all alive and we're here today, but you think about what you're doing and the work that you're doing, and if you are not thinking about it in the context of what you spent all your life doing, then you're just starting. And very few of us think about the fact that we have to activate what I call inner visions, hence this image behind me. Um, so to do good work, I think, you have to first know yourself deeply. Um, and we are all experts at one thing uniformly, which is experts in who we are. No one else has had your experiences, your heartaches, your heartbreak, your wins than you. But we oftentimes live our life without thinking deeply about the fact that we are experts at us. And we possibly cannot be expert at us if we live our lives without really activating these inner visions. Um, this is an amazing quote that vision is the most noble of senses insofar as it informs the mind's eye. This idea of turning the eye inwards, looking at self and reflecting back on what brought you to where you are and then using your past experiences to inform the work that you're doing today. Um, so when I go through my inner visions and I close my eyes and think back, um, as I think about my work in hip hop and education, it's always a reflective experience. And I think back to being in this apartment building in the Bronx with my mom on a Saturday. And as we're cleaning up, because Saturday was cleanup day, Stevie Wonder is always blasting in the background, right? And Stevie Wonder had these two amazing albums, well, a ton of amazing albums, but two in particular, um, one was Inner Visions. Do you guys know Inner Visions, by the way? Yeah. All right. Um, and then the other songs in the key of life. If you don't know either of those, we can't be friends. Right. <laughs> um, 
But you think about these two albums, what was brilliant about Inner Visions when it first released was the concept behind the album. The concept behind the album was Stevie Wonder going and reflecting back on who he was and at the same time activating these Inner Visions in the key of life as it existed. So he was talking about love and loss, he was talking about his vision, he was talking about his inner vision, how he saw the world, how he saw the experience of black America was reflected through inner visions. And the, the album Songs in the Key of Life was picking up the themes from looking inwards to now bringing what's inwards to the contemporary. And to me, that's a metaphor for anybody who does work in innovative practices. It's about, first of all, looking deep inside and activating your inner visions, and once you've you know yourself and you realize that you've become an expert in yourself, taking that to activate that inner visions in the key of life. Um, and so along that theme, coming down to Amtrak today, I, I get a text and I get a tweet about this young man who's in a school in Texas who was arrested because he brought a clock that he made at home into school and the teacher mistook the clock for possibly being a bomb and then called the principal. And before you know it, this young man in the NASA t-shirt was handcuffed and arrested and carted out in front of the student body as a criminal. And there's now hashtag I am Ahmed and I stand with Ahmed that, that, that's on Twitter right now that is, that's trending. And as an educator, I can look at this experience as a thing that happened or I can immediately as I see it, think of or activate my inner visions. To think back and reflect on what is it about Ahmed's experience that speaks to me or that spoke to me, that triggered me at that moment. And how can I apply my inner visions in that moment to the key of life? And I remember when looking at him, you know, skinny kid with glasses, you know, almost doofy like me, right? Um, and, and trying to express my scientific brilliance in the classroom the way he tried to. And being told that I should sit down and be quiet and not, and, and not act that way, like he was being told. And there's something about me remembering the experience that I had and then activating that in the key of life that brings me a certain passion about how I engage in my work in education today. And I make the argument that we all have to consistently look back at your inner visions, yes, but also apply it to what's happening in the contemporary. We can't extract ourselves out of inequities that exist in real life and in real time. And so now as I go back and I show you an example of how you activate innovations and then you activate in the key of life, um, I, I'm, I'm reminded back of myself again, digging back deep to myself as a teenager and what I wanted to do with my life. Now, neither of those guys are mean. But if anybody here is a hip-hop fan, you will realize that that is the Wu-Tang Clan. And Wu-Tang Clan is one of the most iconic hip-hop groups of our time. And as a 13 or 14-year-old, I wanted nothing more than to be the extra member of Wu-Tang. <laughs> and I looked like him. So it probably wasn't going to happen, but it was something that spoke so much to me as a young person that it was my life revolved around Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang posters, Wu-Tang albums. I knew all the Method Man lyrics. I knew all the Jizzle lyrics. And, and, and as I've gotten older and as I got older and I went through schools and schooling, I was actually told in many ways to extract out whatever piece of me that connected to Wu-Tang in pursuit of higher education, right? Like you can't be a Wu-Tang fan and be a scientist. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I didn't find myself as an educator. 
I didn't become the type of educator I am today. I wasn't able to activate the kind of innovation that people say I do today in my work until I did the innovations and started remembering the fact that what I wanted more than anything else was to be part of Wu-Tang. And I remembered this experience, sitting in the living room, the Grammy Awards are on, and this happened. The Grammy goes to... Brooklyn. Sean Colvin and John Liventhal, songwriters for Sanitation. Please calm down. The music and everything, everything. I said, um, I went and bought their outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. Stop. Right? And, 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 and as an educator and a professor doing all this work in education, sitting down and reflecting back on my experiences, I realized that this was the moment for me, although I couldn't remember the moment. Like, in doing everyday work, I couldn't remember the moment, but the moment where I decided I wanted to go into education actually was this moment. This, I could think back and do the Intervision's work and realize it was now. It was, it was when the Grammy Awards were being announced and somebody else was supposed, like way before Kanye West had his Taylor Swift moment, like, old dirty bastard did it first. Like, so, right, right, and there was an award given out and, and he comes up and he says, nah. And he gives a kiss on the cheek to the announcer and he says, by the way, Wu-Tang is for the children. And he was making this pronouncement in that moment that seemed odd and it makes sense, but he was seeing something that everybody else didn't see. And as a young person sitting, watching the Grammy Awards, that meant something to me. And I forgot it over the lifespan, but my work as an adult got reactivated differently when I remembered this Wu-Tang moment. The Grammy goes to... And that Wu-Tang moment then and, 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 and it, was, it was just like a transcendence experience. And all those moments combined to create what I wanted to do as an educator. I wanted to be able to create the type of moments that happened in that cipher. I wanted to be able to create those type of moments that happened in the church when people caught the Holy Ghost. I wanted a young person in the classroom to feel the same way I felt when Jizzle walked up on that stage, at, I mean, when Old Dirty Bastard jumped on that stage and said Wu-Tang was for the children. And that brought me to this moment of finding again Jizza from Wu-Tang. And I, 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 I don't know how it happened. And this is, the, this is the beauty of the activating innovations. When I started reflecting back on what meant the most to me, I walked through life with my mission of what I wanted to do, which is somehow be activated back with Jizza and Wu-Tang and education in some way. And so, call it hokey if you want, right? Somehow, the universe found a way to allow me to be able to enter into a space where I had a dialogue with Jizza from Wu-Tang, right? In a happenstance meeting with Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says, oh, uh, by the way, I, um, I have this rapper guy who wants to come to my office um, to talk about science. And I'm like, whatever, 
whatever rapper that would be wouldn't be someone interesting to me, I guess. And he's like, oh, by the way, his name is um, um, GZ Gizza Jizza. And I'm like, Jizza? You mean Jizza from Wu-Tang? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, him. He's actually interested in science. I'm like, in science? Like, the stuff that I teach, like, what I do for a living every day? And he's like, yeah, 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 and he's going to be at the office. Would you like to drop by? And I'm like, well, I'll see, right? <laughs> right? But then I go to the office, and I go into the office, and in many ways, I am expecting Jizza, this guy, ice grill, intimidating, unapproachable, maybe like a little bit of a superiority thing going on. And as I walked in there, in my mind, thinking of the fact that that meant the most to me as a kid, I didn't meet him. I met him, who happened to be a science enthusiast, who was making phone calls to scientists across the country saying, hey, I'm thinking about science. I'd like to come into your lab and figure it out. And scientists are hanging up on him because they don't believe that Jizza from Wu-Tang is interested in science. And when I start talking to him more, he's recounting him doing his own intervisions as a rapper, thinking back about when he was in the 10th grade and what led him to leave school. And saying that he can almost identify that the moment where he decided to leave school was a bad experience that he had in the science class. Kind of like the same kind of experience that Ahmed just had today. And the same kind of experience that I had when I was in school. And together we just talked and developed these ideas and it gave birth to this thing called Science Genius which is a competition that we have in New York City public schools, but also now in St. Lucie, Florida, and also now in Chattanooga, and also now in South Africa, and also now in Jamaica, which essentially is combining science and hip hop, going into classrooms with young people and saying, hey, what are you learning in class today? How do you feel about it? Are you feeling the same way Ahmed does, felt, and the way Jizza felt, and the way Chris Emden felt? I get it. But guess what? You could actually write raps about science content. And you're like, oh, no, you can't. And then Jizza walks into the room, and they're like, oh, maybe I can try. And then, and then they write these amazing raps and then they engage in a competition with each other. And they're writing raps about what they're learning in class. And the level of enthusiasm has increased and their, their motivation has increased, their grades are increasing. And we, they're competing against each other but in a communal way. And Science Genius has become this thing where we crown winners who are the New York City Science Genius, the Chattanooga Science Genius, young people who are having an opportunity to retell their stories. In, in many ways, Young people who are having the opportunity to be able to relive the experiences that we had that were negative in a positive way, that all came out of activating your inner visions. And then that also gave birth uh, to the hip hop ed movement. And then working with young people themselves that at 13, year old, 13 years old, you yourself can activate your inner visions and do this work in the key of life. And I just love those images of the young people before they go to perform, just sort of reflecting and almost meditating on the work they're about to do. Um, young ladies who are, who, are, who are fighting the stereotypes that you would think hip-hop is extremely misogynistic, but as women and girls in hip-hop showing that they can do it and do it better than the boys and also combine academics, challenging stereotypes. Um, a shy kid in the back of the class who says nothing, who all of a sudden walks on stage and becomes a master of ceremony. Um, and then people from across the world who love this idea of hip-hop ed, right? So the, the hip-hop ed hat that that young man is wearing has traveled all around Africa, one hat that we made by accident, then now we're like, well, if, he's, if it's traveling around the continent, we might as well just make them and market them, and you can buy them on hiphoped.com slash shop. And, and, so, <laughs> and so birthed out of this moment, these things happen, um, and, 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 and the ideas behind this looking back inwards and the tools I can learn about teaching from my experiences is now being manifested into a new book that'll be out in March called For White Folks Who Teach in the Hood and the rest of y'all too. Um, <laughs> it's the actual title. 
I had to fight the publishers, but it's going to happen. Um, you could pre-order it. And, and just to close out, um, you know, you are the expert at your own experience. No one knows what you've gone through better than you, you do. And the minute that you can take the time out to reflect back on who you are and what brought you to where you are, and use that to inform your work in the everyday, that's when innovation happens. Um, and you could transform things that are as they are into something different. Um, in my work, I've been able to transform something like parental advisory, explicit content for hip hop, which means that it's a thing to stay away from, and transform that into progressive educational content. Um, and it all comes from activating innovations and doing the work in the key of life. Thank you.